Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, which reads, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and join to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let us recap on the last week's titles. The Four Laws of Love by Jimmy Evans. Pastor Chino and Pastor Lydia taught on the, on the laws of priority and the laws of pursuit. And Pastor Jason taught on the laws of partnership. And today we will be concluding the fourth law of priority. I mean, excuse me, purity. Yeah, thank you, dear. How Richard and I met, uh, we both experienced the sting of divorce. And if you've been through divorce, it's like I would never, ever, you use those words, right? Do that. Okay. I got somebody in the room. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, you, you're not looking for anything, right? You're just trying to find your identity. And um, definitely, we were both not searching for a relationship. We had both been single. I think you was three years single. I was two. And, um, you know, some of you know that my background is psychology. So I was in school at that time, in graduate school, and I was studying for an exam, a psychology exam. I went to a Christian college as well. And uh, Richard, he's a contractor. He was having a business meeting. I saw her eye at me. <laughs> Stuck up. Ooh. Anyway, I won't go there. You'll get me out the spirit, sweetie. So... <laughs> Oh, yes, you should have seen them. You know, hands folded, you know, legs stretched. There you go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and wasn't paying me any attention, but I was focused on that exam. And some of you know if you take an exam online, it's time. You only have so much time. So I was, I was really focused on, on that exam. And uh, his workers came in. And one of them, he was flirting with me, y'all. He don't work for him now. What happens, <laughs> <laughs> what happened, sweetie? You just say I'm not sure. <laughs> you just say you don't, you, don't, you don't need them now, right? There was a great falling away. <laughs> yes, but he was like, "Wow, she has a psychology book in the Bible. All of us need to talk to her, right?" And we just began to talk, and y'all was distracting me. I almost failed that test, but we began to talk, and it ended up being two hours in Panera in Norcross. Y'all go by there, think about us, okay? So. <laughs> Uh, and two hours, and we're just talking about relationships. And they were, it was about three guys, right? Three workers, but they were talking about how men can identify women that have low self-esteem, how they dress and expose themselves. And, you know, and, you know, I used to have, you know, conferences and things like that. Not conferences, but look gatherings where it would be a panel where you can have some discussion, but it was just with women. And I said, you know, speaking with you guys, every woman don't have a brother that they can talk to. 
And um, I said, I would love to do something co-ed one day. You know, once I can, you know, complete my healing as I'm healing through this, you know, you know, experiencing divorce and all this, I said, you know, I may reach out to you guys and put you on a panel because, I mean, they were just, just spot on about a lot of things. And I shared with them how women, how we see things as well. You know how some guys, y'all, don't matter how they look, think they can just post up on their car. <laughs> and, and it's somebody else's car. Oh, yeah, don't, you did that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Driving that, your brother in Phoenix. 2017 Corvette. <laughs> do that. Yes, but I just, I don't want to spend too much time here, but it was just amazing because we didn't realize we were speaking our ministry. And so Richard and I, we just began to talk. I should have known he was going to be my husband because when we, you tried to look for me to become your Facebook friend. He couldn't see. He's doing this. I never dated nobody who had good vision. So I should have known this was it. <laughs> I should have known this was it. And um, it just progressed from there. And our ministry started, what, six months later. We had Real Talk in Johns Creek, a community center. And we would just have Real Talk with Christians to share how they really feel. You know, you know how sometimes you're concerned something's bothering you? Well, the Bible says you shouldn't fear and be worried. Listen, we deal with real stuff. It's not that we don't have faith in God, but that was a space for that. And um, our, I guess I can speak about it. That first conversation on the phone really related to purity. Because that first conversation, and listen to me, single ladies, should be about where those boundaries are. Okay, listen, let me tell you where I'm at because I'm too old and I don't have time to waste. But this is, these are my boundaries. And I've been out of purity. And I know it's only the word of God that can keep me in it. And you wasn't far from it, but it was a miscommunication. We was on two different pages. And him being from New York, he said, well, we can just go ahead and end this right now. Didn't you? How you find me on my day off? <laughs> oh, but he called three days later. Y'all know about them three days, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he called three days later, and, um, you know, he said, well, I'm not dating anyone. I'm alone anyway, so really it doesn't matter what you're saying. So, and it just kind of progressed from there. And, and you know, some things in relationships, you have to understand that there's some things that have to be negotiable and things that are not, a, not negotiable in Christ. Man. So it's, it's things that people may want to say, you know, let's do this. No, but you have to challenge everything that you do and say against the word of God. That's right. So we're going to recap on Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 25, and it says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. The nakedness in Adam and Eve were physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. This passage is a great example of the purity in a marriage covenant. Purity removes shame. Their shame did not take place until they disobeyed God. And, you know, when we look at purity, we want to, uh, the, the, um, there are two types of purity. There's an inward purity and an outward purity. The inward purity are things that are taking place in our hearts, the thoughts and our feelings. And outward purity relates to the outward behavior, things that we choose to do and things that we choose not to do. And they're all together, both of them. One, If one is in the heart, 
it's going to be expressed in your actions. So, you know, when we talk about sin, a lot of people may not understand what sin is. Sin carries a broad term, but the basic term, uh, we're going to define it today. And that's sin is basically an act. You can't sin if you haven't done anything. But the Bible says that even though you think anything in your mind, you have already done it. So you're not going to get away from Jesus no matter what. You can think it or you can do it. So, and this is why we have to keep our minds focused on the, on the word. So we're going to define what sin is. Sin is an act of a person who breaks God's laws and rebels against God's. And that could be in your thought and your actions. So sin is a purity pitfall. Sin is always deadly and will always, always, always separate us from God. Uh, remember King David. I know you, a lot of you may know King David. Remember King David when he was looking over that fence and saw Bathsheba? And said, Woo-wee! I'm getting jealous. I, I got to have her. But not, he knew this was someone else's husband, someone else's wife. And he just, that, that lust in his heart just progressed till he, had, he made an action. So sometimes we have to be very careful what comes in our mind and our thoughts so it won't progress and become full birth, become so, so that the baby will be born. And that's a sin. So we have to be very careful and protect the preciousness of our, our, of our purity in our lives. So the lust of our heart caused him to sin in his flesh. And, you know, when we, when we look at things, the Bible says, Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. But guess what? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we earn a wage for doing something. You go to work and you wait to that two weeks or a week later. You wait for that paycheck. But we don't look at sin as a wage because we don't think we're doing anything. Not to it has to be paid for. So there was someone who paid this debt for us and says, lean on me. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. So can you imagine you thinking about something and, and, and all of a sudden it's the same thing. You keep looking and this is why I don't look. I keep my mind focused on the Lord. And whatever, whatever thing come in my mind, you have to rebuke it right there. You know, where there is sin, there's always a lack of boundaries. Amen. Where there is sin, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not being good with this mic. Where there is sin, there is always a lack of boundaries. All right? You know, um, I heard something that just really blessed me. Think about even in the beginning when God was creating the heavens and the earth. Think about the seas. They can only go so far because God knew he wanted us to have land. Right? He already had habitation and all that on his mind. But don't you know that's a boundary? When you go to the ocean, look at that. That water can only go so far. That's boundaries. Those are boundaries. And God always give us boundaries in order to protect us. Think about Adam and Eve. 
He gave them boundaries. He told them what they could and what they could not do. Do not eat from the tree. Don't touch it. The tree of good and evil. Those are the boundaries God gave us. Godly boundaries in marriage maintains purity. Jesus left us with the helper, y'all. And I understand, even as being a therapist, some people struggle with things in their mind. Your environment, your upbringing influences you. And just because you get married doesn't mean that just go out the window. Oh, we said I do, that's it. I'm not lusting no more. I'm not looking at this anymore. It doesn't. It takes Jesus. It takes the power of his Holy Spirit to help walk you through that. But what the devil does is make you feel as if you are alone and you're in this all by yourself. And you're not. Read his word. He say, I left you a helper. He did that because he knew we could not do this within ourselves. Amen. We do not have the wherewithal. And guess what? Those thoughts, those challenges, that temptation for pornography may never go away. But he has given you the power to overcome it. Amen. 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 And I just want to say this. Marriage is not hard work. It's hard work. It's hard work. I repeat that again. Marriage is not hard work. It's hard work. We make it hard. Because we only come to God when it gets hard. Yeah. But if we just focus on working on our heart and doing our part, that's what makes all the difference. Amen. And you know, marriage is the greatest institution that God has ordained. So, you know, when you hear people say, oh, my marriage is bad, or you know what, your marriage is bad, it's you. Because marriage don't have anything to do with what God ordained, and he said it was good, so we can't distort what the, what the word of God says. So it is, we have to really, really dig in and say, you know what? I'm not going to blame marriage. I'm going to blame me. I'm going to take responsibility. Uh, you, know, you know how we all say a lot of times, you know, I've been hurting the church and, and these things happen. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to church anymore. Well, guess what? I've got news for you. The job hurt you. You're going to get another job. <laughs> So, you know, put that, put that to rest. Go get another job. Find another place to worship because nothing should stop you from seeking God. Nothing. But you won't leave this church. <laughs> We're here because we want to be greater. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to take a look at a word that a lot of people, you know, how you look at the word that says missing the mark. That's hard for a lot of people that are in the world to understand. You know how an archer, he pulls back his bow and put that arrow in, and he shoots that arrow. Well, the Word of God looks at it this way. You'll never hit the target. Never. Because God's standard is so high, anything less than that, you have missed the mark. And the, and the Greek word for that is harmatia. And we have to look at how much we missed the mark. We can't even get close, close to God without going through Jesus. Because that blood covers us. Thank you, Lord. We, don't, we can approach the throne of grace. We, we don't have to stand on the outside court anymore. We could be on the inside. 
because that veil has been torn so we, we can have access. We don't need no one else to step in for us. We have access. Thank you, Lord. And, you know, when we look at the wage, you know, your paychecks, like I said, every week we get that paycheck. We say, thank you. And we should say the same thing, Lord. Thank you that I have sinned against you, and thank you that you have given me mercy and grace not to give me what I deserve, but you withholding this because I love your son, Jesus Christ, and I believe that he died on that cross. So, you know, when we look at burglars, right, and you, you have a big house full of windows and everything, that burglar only need one way to get in. He don't need all these access points. He's going to make one. So one thing we have to remind ourselves is we have a lot of ways that Satan infiltrates us through our eyes, through our ears, and through our mouth. He could use our eyes to see certain things and, and be attracted to it. And he could use someone to pass by and say, hey, I love you. And, okay, go ahead, dear. The gates, thank you, Mike. <laughs> when you think about the gates, right, think about in the garden how the enemy used the eye gates of Eve. She saw the fruit and she desired it. Think about how the, he has the same strategy, right? And then the ear gate, did God say? Remember that? The ear gate. And then when you look at the mouth gate, think about this. She saw it, she heard it, and then she spoke to her husband to share the fruit with him. He used the same strategy. He used the same strategy. And he always used the weakest link. Yeah. Think about the family reunion. You already know what aunt, what uncle, what cousin that the drama is going to come from. You already know the group. <laughs> he always used the weakest link. <laughs> Amen. And, Amen. And one thing about Satan, he doesn't need a big sin or little sin, yes. a quick sin, long sin. He just needs sin to be granted access into a relationship. Thieves don't break into an empty house. You know how you first move in that house? You never see a thief in there because there's nothing there to take. But as soon as that thief is watching you bring in that 80 inch screen. Now see, that, that, I, I know what you had to that, that, that. The hex clad, <laughs> that, that, that good stuff, they're out there watching. Stay in the spirit suite, you can get the 80 inch now. Okay, so, <laughs> trying to slide that up in the sermon, right? <laughs> Some things are just secret to you. I hear you. All right. It does not matter what type of vehicle you own. In order to extend the life of the car, I had to learn this the hard way, y'all, you need to adhere to the manual for that specific model. The car manufacturer intends for you to experience top performance by educating you on every detail of that vehicle. Some vehicles cannot use regular gas. I learned that the hard way, y'all. <laughs> the biggest error is to assume that you don't need instructions from the manufacturer, ignore the do's and don'ts, and ignore the warning signals. It 
will cost you. I see some faces like, <laughs> they're all like not just saying, good morning. <laughs> but I don't care what type car you have, whether it's a Maserati, you need a tune-up. <laughs> You're going to need some help eventually. Adam and Eve did not obey the manual provided by the manufacturer, and it resulted in them being naked and ashamed. Think about the innocent animal that had to be put to death, which is a great example of what Jesus Christ did for us. He had to shed that innocent blood. Amen. Right? No spot or wrinkle. We still have a God that's about no spots or wrinkles. I don't know what we're doing. Right? So, you know, but no, uh, I mean, that innocent animal had to be sacrificed as a result of their sin. Isn't that like Jesus? Today, so many couples put on a mask. So many individuals put on a mask and smile as if everything is great and return home, not speaking, because they choose to cover up their pride, shame, self-centeredness, and refuse to get intervention. Jesus became that sacrifice for us to be free and remove the shame, not to continue to live in it. There are so many Christians that are still trying to wrap themselves up in fig leaves that will come to church before people but hide their heart from God. That is not Christianity. That is not what the gospel is about. This room can't save you. And what has happened is a lot of people have been taught religion and not relationship. And we are in 2023, a lot of us made some promises to God that we're going to go further. You know, there's a saying, God does not want weekend visitations. He wants full custody. Amen. Amen. Again, Jesus became the sacrifice for us to be free, remove the shame, and not to continue to live in it. I promise you can be free. The instructions. Make some time. I don't care if it's 15 minutes a day. Read the manual. Everybody's God creation. But you have to come through Jesus Christ to become his child. Amen. That's the gospel. Thank you, Lord. God is the creator and manufacturer of marriage. He provided us with a great manual in his word. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong, wrongs. It Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always perseveres. Love never fails. And if you're married, my husband make me repeat these two points. It is not easily angered. Pause. Take that 20 seconds before you respond. Right? It keeps no record of wrongs. We're not, we don't have time to get into the itemized list, sweetie. But, you know, it, it's not the, your place to say when your spouse say you hurt me. For you to, oh, really? Well, what about two years ago when you, oh, the enemy just loved. I can see him smoking a cigar now. Right? He loves when that happens. Pause. They have a right to share what hurt them and how they feel. And you work on the solution, and we'll get into some of that in a moment. The devil know that love is an attribute of purity. We have to have a pure heart. Amen. The, even when the Bible says, even before you lay your offering at the altar, 
Get your heart right. Get your relationships right. We're just throwing the money like that fix it. <laughs> no, you can't pay your way through this. Read the manual. It takes a pure heart to love and to obtain the capacity to deal with the conflicts of human relationships. The devil knows that love is the greatest command. He knows that. It is the greatest command. We must make it our business to pull out the manual and ask God to help us. God didn't, did not create the Bible to stop you from living, but to help you live your best life. Scripture is a purity promoter in our lives. Compliments of Pastor Chino with that one. The Bible is, final, is the final blueprint in which every follower of Christ should live by. I'm going to give it to the seven steps, sweetie. Absolutely. Ready? If you're taking notes, um, um, these are seven steps to living pure in our relationships. Number one, That's take good. responsibility for your own actions. I think, Richard, you alluded to that earlier. Luke chapter 6, verse 41 through 42 says, And why do you look at the speck? Y'all, I say telephone pole, right? Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Take responsibility for your own words and actions and build an atmosphere of purity and trust from your side first. just want to give a couple of points. Acknowledge the areas that need to be developed. And what I mean by that is, as you're growing up, just because you're in a relationship, and I don't care if it's even in a relationship with, you know, in terms of being a coworker, being a colleague, there's areas in us that need to be developed. If we was perfect, we would not need God. We are all under construction. But when God want to work on those areas, that's not a time to get sensitive. It's, Lord, help me. Help me break this habit. Help me break this attitude. Help me break that I don't listen to what people are saying because I'm so focused on trying to be right in my response. Help me develop in that area. My husband tell people marriage is for who? Grown folks. Grown folks. <laughs> That's why you have to be a certain age to get married. <laughs> That's right. Because they're assuming that you're old enough to make a wise decision. Amen. Not oh, a worldly right. decision, a godly decision. Godly decision. The power of I statements helps you to take responsibility for your own feelings and keep your heart pure. God sent us a helper to help us. Help is not on the way. Help is right here. And if you are saved, that help resides in, in you. Imagine that. You go to God, but God, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know where to get help. What? <laughs> I know you ain't read the manual. <laughs> <laughs> holy and acceptable is a reasonable act of service and just with the I statement I just want to give this um, and I think we'll get into it uh, we might get into it um, before we end just looking at the sake of time here uh, with the I statement let me tell you a lot of conflict is in marriage is because of you don't know how to identify the miscommunication and so when we work with couples this is what it looks like instead of you going home and saying Oh, my goodness. You got your shoes everywhere right here. You got stuff on the counter. I told you last week I'm sick of saying this. And 
You, you, you. Remember when you point the finger, that thumb point right back at you, right? <laughs> at least that's what my grandma say. <laughs> so when I told on my cousins, they did. You know, but you, you, you. Try to eliminate the word you. As human beings, when we hear you, we're going to defend ourselves. We, go, we will advocate for ourselves in a moment. But when you say, sweetie, can we talk? Okay, some of y'all, y'all ain't going to say sweetie. I'm going to scratch that. Okay, can we talk? I feel unheard. I feel like what I say don't matter when I share how I feel about the shoes being everywhere, things being on the counter. I'm not trying to say it to attack you. It bothers, I mean, uh, to attack. It bothers me. How can we resolve this? Because I don't want to keep going through this. With you. Stay away from you. I'm still learning. Sweet. But you get it. The I. Sweetie, I want to eat dinner tonight. Number two. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> you, you see how quick that is? Yeah, get, your, get your mind right. You better not see. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. Number two. Oh, yes, okay. Do not return sin for sin. Oh, that's a good one for you to go over right now. Go ahead, babe. <laughs> you know, conflicts in marriage will never get resolved by revenge and retaliation. One thing we have to learn to do is make up in our minds, sin is not going to be my response. Amen. So in 1 Peter uh, 3, verse 9, chapter 3, verse 9, it says, don't repay evil for evil or insult for insult. You know how when you get in that heated moment and, and you're going back and forth, we have to understand that love is greater than, than hate. Love is greater than anything. And we must exercise love in these relationships always and with people. So in Luke, verse, Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28, it says, But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies. How many of you can really love your enemy? That's a practice. I love them, but I don't like them. Be good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. Like our pastors shared before, if you try to extinguish a fire with more fire, you're going to create a raging fire. The only way to extinguish a fire is with water. But I'll tell you this, it takes a lot of water to put out a fire. A lot of water. That's why Jesus wants us to overcome and hate with love. And the scripture says, love covers a multitude of sins. Just simply admit your faults. It's okay to be the first one to apologize and not sit, sit there with that lemon in your mouth. <laughs> Because when we do that, we obey God. So in 1 John 1 and 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. Pride is the enemy of progress. Pride is the enemy of progress. Admit your faults. You're one conversation away from being in a healed relationship. All right. Number four is forgive. 
We're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. For if you give men, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The poison of unforgiveness damages the vessel it is stored in worse than it hurts anyone you could spit it on. Compliments of Jimmy Evans. All right. Um, Richard, could you speak on the tree? You ministered that one time about the tree and that root of bitterness. Okay. Anybody, any arborists in the house here? Okay. Um, in, in the Middle Eastern times, they have a tree, and it's a cousin to the sycamores called a sycamine. And during those times, that tree was rooted down. It, the roots grew so deep that even if you cut the tree off, it would still grow. That tree grew in harsh weather, and it grew in um, whether you water or dry land or anything. And you could not kill that tree. But the only way you can kill that tree, you had to kill it at the roots. And this is where unforgiveness is, at the roots. If you don't cut that off at the roots, it's going to continue to grow. And this is what they understood it to be. So what they did, they would cut the tree off at the roots, and it would kill the tree. So Jesus is telling us today that if we have any unforgiveness in our heart, cut the roots. And there should be a t-shirt, hashtag, unforgiveness is not an option. Amen. The thing is this, we try to justify it. No, I forgive them, but as soon as you say that, but, that's it. It's not an option. Because what we have to do is think about all the things Christ forgave us for. And let me tell you, that makes me sit down real quick. Um, number five says to speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up, up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Create time and space to communicate hurt or, offense, or offenses. I'll give you an example of that in a few. There's an acronym called LOVE that you can use. If you're taking notes, write this down. I'm going to um, share. And, and y'all, when you do this acronym, do it with a smile. Don't do it when you're angry. If you're having conflict, you're about to, you know, we call it heated fellowship, right? <laughs> if you're in the midst of some heated fellowship, I got this from my old pastors, right? If you're in the midst of some heated fellowship, that's, that may not be the time to discuss the conflicts. Calm down because you have to maintain self-control. L is for listen. That, that, that's the hardest part right there, right? Listen. No interruption or formulating rebuttals in your head. O is for own. Acknowledge your wrongdoing. V is for validate. Explain back what you heard so they understand what they heard. Empathize, right? I understand that I made you upset and feel unheard, and I will work on it. All right? So that's um, one thing we give in terms of the couples. It's called uninterrupted listening. And your brain can only retain so much. Set your timer on your phone for three minutes. You don't have to use the whole three minutes. But start off with, you know, it could be the husband or wife, whoever want to go first, sharing how you feel. But guess what? You have to use I statements. Sharing how you feel. And then when you finish, after that three minutes, when that timer say three minutes, that's it. Cut it off. Then you repeat. The, other, the husband or the wife, you know, who heard, who listened, you repeat what you heard. 
Have you ever spoke with your spouse or someone? You'd be like, what are you talking about? That is not what I was saying. Miscommunication. Remember those old TVs back in the day? You had to turn the channel, right? And it was gray and fizzy and fuzzy. Its channel was fuzzy. It's like you got to learn to work on getting on the right channel. Can't put no aluminum foil on marriage, y'all. <laughs> That's what they would do with those antennas. But, you know, it's identifying we are miscommunication. Now we can see where the conflict from, and then you can talk about it. But once that person um, tell you what they heard, then you confirm if that's it. So it's kind of like the same analogy here. And how many of us, when we go on through those situations, pray for our spouse? Number six, pray for each other. How many of us pray for our spouses or pray for that person that really means a lot to you? And James 5, 16, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Maybe some things are not being taken place because we're not doing those things. Prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Once you have spoken the truth in love, sometimes your spouse will understand and change immediately. But sometimes he or she will not. Rather than trying to enforce your feelings through manipulation, intimidation, or domination, pray for your spouse. Pursue, pursue spiritual purity by praying for your spouse and encouraging your spouse in their relationship with God. Number seven, seek healthy friendship. You know, we, we often um, hang out with a lot of people and uh, we have healthy biblical talk when we hang out. Yeah, and wholesome talk. So, you know, imagine being out with people that are talking some stuff and you hear it, you say, oh my gosh, how can they be saying this? <laughs> you know, people, you know, for some reason, people listen to Christians. They hear some words, once you say, oh, God bless you, all of a sudden they say, okay, oh, let me check and see if he's going to say anything bad. Let me watch him for about an hour or so. This is why we have to continuously be on our toes and do what the word of God says. Focus on Jesus. Every word that come out of our mouth should be glorifying God. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, do not be misled. And this is what we're talking about. Bad company corrupts good character. Your environment influences your thoughts, and your thoughts influences your behavior. And, you know, sometimes you could be out, and we call it guilt by association. You know, if you're out with a whole bunch of people, and they're doing a whole a bunch of bad things. All the time you're out there, somebody's always watching and say, oh, look what he's doing. That's, that's, that's the same church guy who raises his hand up on Sunday and say, Jesus, and he's out there with these guys watching some stuff that he should not be watching. So they'll say, you're guilty. So in Hebrews uh, 10, 20, chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, and it says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a, matter of, as a manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Influences around you will eventually influence inside of you. If you want better financial habits, get around more educated, financial, stable people. 
you know, and as we're closing, this is why G groups exist. I'm telling you, y'all, if you want more, you know, sometimes, because when you get off work, who wants to think about driving to church, especially if it rains? Right? You just want to go home, get your coffee, tea, or just kind of relax. You've dealt with people all day and then go to church where there's more people. That's something to process sometimes. But sometimes you have to get comfortable in order. Uh, sometimes you have to get uncomfortable in order to get comfortable. But y'all, G groups, I'm telling you what, it is just rocking. When you just say, God, this year I'm giving you more. I want to get closer. You know, I'm teaching the Proverbs 31 woman. Wednesday nights at 7. Richard, you're doing the men's kingdom man at 7 on Wednesday nights. John, um, I think you're doing the Max, I think he's doing the Max Locato now, the, uh, John 316. He has a co-ed group on Wednesday nights. It was at 7.30, but he's starting at 7, I believe now. Danielle has an awesome mom's group. Let me tell you, if you are a mom and you're frustrated, you need someone to talk to, uh, that mom's group is right here, Wednesday nights at 7. Come join some other moms and get some advice. Debbie, I think she's doing the arts and crafts, right? And I want to join that. that that's going to be fun. Judy, she is handling the, the children. She's leading that. She's taking care of the kids. So there is child care on Wednesday nights for children that's two and up. And Darlene, um, she's, she's uh, doing the G group. I think it's online right now for women for intercessory prayer. And Alex, he's going to be hooking us up, um, going out with the men, connecting uh, with the men's group, taking them on outings. I think you mentioned golf and things of that nature. So this is why G groups exist. God's word promotes purity in our lives when we take responsibility for our own behavior and do not return sin for sin. When we admit our faults, when we forgive, when we speak the truth in love, and when we pray for one another, we need to seek healthy relationships God created us for community he created us for community he did not create us to come into the kingdom of God and be alone That's right. amen so can you imagine me working all day long come home sweaty I've been in mud and and I look I don't even look like myself and I want to come in and hug my wife the first thing she's gonna say is <laughs> She, I'm, I won't. She won't even have to say anything. The first thing she's gonna do, cause she can, she has, a, she can smell very well. She'll say, "Point to the bathroom." <laughs> That's right. So if we try to apply these truths without cleaning up, we're just gonna make more of a mess because we haven't been cleansed. For for some of us in this room, we haven't been cleansed from sin, and we, when we try to clean up ourselves, it doesn't work or stick. Let me just remind you of something today that, you know, when a manufacturer calls and they see defects in their products, they call for a recall. So sometimes uh, now the master has seen some defects in us. He has called for a master recall of human behavior because he saw something in us that's going to hinder our progress and hinder our performance and harm someone else all right well we have some good news y'all today you can be fully clean or cleansed how i'm glad you asked <laughs> scripture holds all the answers 
And we hear this verse a lot. But this verse should prompt us to act. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you, go ahead, point your finger at yourself, you will be saved. Today you can be forgiven of your sins and cleansed from your past. It is by prayer and by faith. Would you please close your eyes and bow your heads. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My Greater Church.